Amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. Isn't it great to be in the presence of the Lord? I uh, just, what a great morning, what a great opportunity for all of us just to experience the Lord, experience His presence. I pray that your, your uh, spirit is uh, enriched this morning uh, as we just worship the Lord, His presence. Uh, there is no substitute for the presence of Jesus. Can I get an amen? And uh, just to, to feel that fresh wind, fresh fire, that's our prayer. As a church and a body during these days that we experience the moving, the power, and the presence of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Excited uh, for week three of our series titled Dwell. We are dwelling in the Word of the Lord. There is something powerful that takes place in our lives when we make the commitment to dwell in the Word of the Lord. We talked about uh, over the last couple of weeks a number of things this morning. I cannot wait to share with you some of the most powerful benefits for your life when you abide in the word we talked about dwell we talked about stay we've talked about uh, this morning we're going to talk a little bit about abide but before we get there let me just give you a quick picture over the last couple of weeks you see in front of me here uh, three glass jars uh, planters here and uh, of course week one we planted the seed uh, there's a seed down in there I put it in there I did not go back out and get it so uh, it's in there. And then we understood what we needed to do to the soil to prepare the soil to receive that seed so that it would germinate, that it would grow. In the same way, we have to do the, that in our hearts. And then we begin to see some life spring forth. The root system begins to grow. We talked about the different seasons and even during the winter, how those roots are fortified during the difficult days, during the cold months, during those dry times in our lives. When we stay in God's Word, those roots develop and they, they begin to grow strong and they go deep. And, and then there's this word that we understand and as it grows further, all of a sudden life begins to develop. It begins to spring forth and, and we begin to see some of the fruit of the work that we did with the soil. And all of a sudden that seed and it begins to grow and all those things take place in our lives. You know, as a church, we want to continually plant seeds. We want, the, of course, the, the word to be penetrated and penetrate our hearts and our lives. We want to sow seeds in every area uh, in, in missions. We want to give uh, to good soil. We believe that God is moving a fresh wind of his spirit all around the world. Within our church, we want to sow some incredible seed into the next generation. We want we want our children to know Jesus. We want our young people to experience Him. Can I just pause right there and just let you know that over the last couple of weeks, our children's ministry and our youth ministry have set attendance records in the midst of this COVID season. Isn't that exciting? Come on, that's awesome. Rebecca, Pastor Andrew, and Jacqueline, such an incredible job of leading this generation of students and planting the seed of God's Word into their hearts and into their lives so that it will spring forth life. I pray if you're here today and you feel like those dry bones, I, I pray that in this moment you'll experience life and understand where it comes from. All life springs forth from God's Word. 
He is the Word. He is the living Word. And when we, when we understand how to read the Word and to dwell in His presence, to stay, to abide, that's the title of this week's message. We want to abide in Him. We want to understand today what it means to abide. The definition of abide means to remain to continue in a place. When they say, I will dwell, and it says, Lord, abide in me, it means to abide, which also means to stay. We're going to stay in that place. We're going to experience His power. We're going to stay in His presence. As I mentioned, we've talked about dwell, stay, abide. Next week, we're going to dive in. Pastor Brian's actually going to take us on a journey of what it means to meditate on his word and allowing the the meditation of his word to saturate our hearts and our lives. Today, we're going to take a quick look back at the verse that we have been been following and it's been our verse through this entire season, uh, series Colossians 3:16 from the New King James version says, "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom." teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. We've gone on a journey over the last few weeks of what it means to prepare the soil of our heart, to prepare the soil of our lives. I, I understand this as uh, my grandpa owned a farm in central Illinois. I've shared that uh, with you on several occasions over the past many years. My dad grew up on a farm. My dad was uh, driving the tractor. He tilled the fields. He did all of those things. And, and growing up as a, a child, I grew up in the Detroit area, and metro Detroit area, and, and there was something magical for us when we got to get out of the city and get to Grandma and Grandpa's farm. It was so much fun. And we would usually go during the harvest time. So we weren't there for all the hard work. We were there to help bring in the harvest. And we would, we would uh, see those things take place, whether we were baling the hay or, or on the combine as the corn was being taken down. And, and then my favorite time was during Thanksgiving, when we would all gather at the family farm during Thanksgiving. And all of us guys, uh, they, were, they have four children, three sons, two of them are twins, my dad is a twin, and all of their kids, we would get our, our shotguns and we would walk the fence rolls. And I, I'm telling you, we, there were so many pheasant. It was harvest time. And pheasant a la orange was on the menu if we could get enough. For all of you anti-hunters, I apologize, but not really. We had the best time as a family walking the fields and, and the harvest and all of the things and then reaping the benefits of that harvest at the dinner table and, and being able to hunt and, and fish in the stream that went right through my, my, my grandfather's farm, the Kickapoo River, went right through the center of his farm. It was amazing. It was magical. It was incredible to watch the soil get turned over for the next year and the preparation that it took. We've been walking through a journey of preparation and what it means to prepare a soil to plant a seed is the 
same things that we need to do in our heart for the Word of God to take root, for the Word of God to become life to us. We need to prepare our hearts and our lives for that Word. Uh, I know uh, through the years of owning a home, we've had some moments where we had to plant grass seed or, or till the, you know, the area. We had one year where grub... How many of you know grubs are horrible? Come on. I'm getting some amens on that one. And we had one year where we had grubs really bad and, and our whole front lawn, like, like a 12 to 14 foot circle, just, just died and it was a, a grub infestation. And we had to fix it and prepare it and rake it and get it all set, kill the grubs and, and then prepare the soil and get it ready and then plant seed and put the hay. And we kind of walked through the process many times. Maybe you, if you're a homeowner, if you've ever been a part of that process, you, you've kind of gone through that journey of what it took to prepare the soil we had to rake it we had to remove rocks we had to uh, on one area had to prune some bushes back to to kind of get it out and and you know to create the space and for it to get sunlight all of the things we had to get the lawn ready to receive the seed what if we would have just cast the seed the bible talks about that as we learned in the first week of our series that some seed gets you know, as seed gets planted, some finds the rocky path, some finds the hard soil, but some finds that good fertile soil. It takes hold. If, if we didn't take account and we just began to cast the seed and didn't really care where it fell, we would have probably got a, a smaller harvest or it would have come in a little spotty. But if we took the time to really prepare the lawn and prepare the grass and get it and rake it up and get all the dead stuff out and remove any rocks and things that we saw, we had to take the whole preparation process and we had to walk through it to get the lawn ready to take the seed. And then it takes the seed and it grows. And how many of you know it doesn't stop there? In fact, that's when... A lot of the work begins. The repetitive work. We mow it. We rake it. We fertilize it so we can mow it again. So that we can rake it again. We can continue to feed it. We put on another application of weed and feed. It grows some more. So we have to rake it. We have to remove some rocks. We have to remove some some sticks, some twigs, some branches. There's the continual care of that lawn to keep it healthy and to keep it green and to keep life flowing. And in that process, we understand that there's a continual process to keep that soil healthy. If we neglect it, that's when it becomes patchy. That's when it might get hard. That's when the grubs that destroy a lawn can kind of get in there. The worms and the things that, that might destroy and chew the roots and destroy them can get in there if we fail to take care of it. Listen, the Lord takes this process of sowing into the earth, and now in His Word, He likens it to our heart. And he likens it to our heart in such a way that, that the sowing of God's seed, the Word of God, to go into our hearts, there's a preparing of our heart that needs to take place. To make it fertile and ready to receive God's Word takes effort. It takes energy. It takes hard work. I cannot tell you how many times I got done raking. Anybody have this? And you got those nice, beautiful little calluses right here on your thumbs? Because it's hard work. It takes energy. There's an effort that's put into preparing that soil. If we don't take the necessary steps, all of a sudden we can find ourselves in a 
difficult position. Our hearts can become hard very quickly. Whether we read or hear the Word, all of a sudden it doesn't take hold. It, it doesn't take root in our heart. We read the Word and it's just words on a page. It, it doesn't spring forth life. I want every single person in this room, from side to side, front to back, main floor, balcony, to understand the key to growing in your walk and relationship with Jesus Christ is to keep the soil of your heart tender so that when we read the Word, it springs forth life inside of us. It, it, those words aren't just on the page. They begin to leap off the page and into our soul and it brings forth life. Too many people read the Word and remain unaffected. I understand we all have a process to go through in our lives to continually soften and prepare our hearts for the Word. We want God's Word to grow and become alive in our hearts and our lives There's a powerful message in the story of the sower, both for the believer and the unbeliever. It's an incredible picture of of our hearts, whether we are with the Lord or not yet accepted Christ. For those who don't know Christ, this whole process of preparing the soil takes on a different meaning. You see, there are many who pour time into someone's life. There are those who pray for them. Can I just ask across this room right now, how many of you in this room have a dear loved one that you would love to come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and they do not yet know Him? Look around the room. You're not alone. And if I dare say, you've probably prayed for them. You've probably encouraged them. You've probably shared a good word for them. You've been tilling the soil of their heart. God, give me opportunities to speak life to them. Lord, help me when I'm with them to exemplify you. May I, may I represent you when I talk to my coworker. Lord, may they see Christ in me, right? May they see Christ in me when we're sitting around a board table and they, they begin to ask questions. May they see your light and your salt in me. Lord, help me with my family. Help me to be there. We've, we've prayed for them. We've tilled the soil. We may have been the one watering the seed. We may have planted that seed. Some of us in the room have, have been fortunate enough to be a part of that harvest. Someone else planted the seed. Someone else watered it. Over their life, they began asking and searching, and you came along, and all of a sudden, that person came with you to church, or that person began to hear the words that you began to share and say, and and it began to take root, and they, they accepted the Lord, and they began to walk with the Lord. There's this incredible process that takes place. And for the unbeliever, time is sown. Prayer is sown. There's sowers who cast seed. There are waterers, and there are those that bring in the harvest for many of us we're sowers we're waterers some of us are have have been been able to reap that harvest we want our family our friends our co-workers to come to christ maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online and you've never asked jesus christ into your heart or you've never given him full control i want you to know today would be a great day to give your heart and your life to jesus christ amen This is a great day. This is a great season. This is a great opportunity to give Him all that you are. For those that know Christ, a believer's heart, I want you to hear this and I want you to understand this, a believer's heart can become 
contaminated as well if we don't continually do the work to prepare our hearts day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. We want to continue to have a soft heart. For those that know Christ, many times the Lord leads us on a journey. And sometimes we have to do a little, what I call a a rock removal. We have to do a little rock removal. How many of you have ever found a, a, a rock or two in the soil of your heart? You had to uncover, you had to deal with, you, had to, you realized it was there, all of a sudden something happened. I want you to understand something about rocks. Sometimes the pressure just from the earth and the ground over time begins to cause those rocks to surface. They, they, they come to the surface and you didn't even know they were there. I, I've been on uh, several properties of farmland, and I, I, you come across what they call a rock wall. And along one of the edges of the field is a, a huge row of rocks that over the years as they've been tilling the field, those rocks have come to the surface, and they pull them off, and they put them on the pile, and all of a sudden it creates this rock wall along the side of the field, along the edge, and they just continue to remove those rocks. And they, they need to because if they don't, it damages the equipment. It causes the planted seed not to to function properly, or or if there's stony soil, you can have areas that can be damaged, and all of a sudden, these things begin to take place. We understand that, and we see that, and the picture that the Lord does here is He takes this incredible picture, and He begins to apply it to our hearts, to our lives. Throughout time, rocks are pushed to the surface. They're uncovered by, listen to this, situations and circumstances that we go through in our lives. We have rocks that surface when someone speaks something or says something that we have harbored or it's hidden down and all of a sudden that rock rises up. We have those rocks can rise up when we go through the pressures of this life. We walked through an incredible year this past year. And and let's be honest, we're still walking through a unique time and a unique day and age. And did you know that it caused some rocks to surface in people's hearts and their lives? It caused some of those rocks to, to all of a sudden appear. And all of a sudden they were there. And all of a sudden what the Lord has given us is this opportunity. When they appear, do not be angry. Be glad. Be glad. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. It, it's difficult work. But be glad that we have the opportunity to remove those. I want to give you three things that we need to do very quickly. And, and if we ever encounter a rock or a difficulty in our heart, maybe hardness, some things there, the first thing we have to do is we have to notice it. We have to notice the rock. Do you know some people want to just gloss it over? They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to look at it. They don't want to even bother with those things. They, they see it and they say, that's, that's okay. And, and I love when people say, that's just the way that I am. How many of you ever had somebody say that to you? Say, well, I don't want to fix the way that you are. No, I'm just kidding. Help me fix you the way that you are. Because people love to make excuses about the rocks in their own life. But boy, are they quick to point out the rocks in someone else's garden. They're very quick. In the day and age we live in today, people are very, very quick to point out everybody else's rock, but they're not willing to deal with those. Would you take a moment and would you notice them? 
Take a second and notice them. Take time to look for them. Wait a minute. Look for them? Yes. Look for them. Search for them. Number two, we need to deal with them. When they surface, we need to uncover them. We need to dig a little bit around them. Understand that it's there. How deep does it go? Let's dig it down. Let's deal with it. Let's get rid of it. And then third, we've got to remove it. You've got to get it out of there. You've got to notice it. You've got to deal with it. And third, you've got to remove it. And listen to this. This is key. When you remove those rocks, you need to put those rocks in the right place. The right place is to put them at the foot of Jesus. The foot of the cross. Let me tell you the wrong place. The wrong place is to throw them on your neighbor's lawn. In your neighbor's garden. We love to unload our rocks and put that burden onto someone else's life. We put it onto someone else to carry. We give them and add the weight. We want to get rid of it and we throw it and cast it off on someone else. There's a proper place to put those things. So often we push those rocks down. We want nobody else to see them. If they see them, they'll know we're not perfect. We're not okay. We, we might not have it all together, and we don't want anyone to see that. Do we do that with our lawns? Do we do that with our gardens? Absolutely not. We see it. We dig it up. We get rid of it. We don't want that. But in our lives, so many times, we just don't want anyone else to see that we have flaws. Did you know the Word shines a light It's a lamp to our feet. It shines a light on us so that those rocks, those things will be revealed in us. We need to apply what I would call the the weed and feed uh, to our lives. The weed and feed is God's Word. God's Word builds our faith, builds our life, and at the same time it destroys the sin that chokes out the seed. It is so incredibly powerful. It prepares the soil. It softens the heart. It removes the rocks. It removes the sin. All by being people who dive in and abide, stay in a certain place, begin to stay there and dwell in the Word of the Lord. As we walk through this year, 2021, we're upon a, a new year and it's exciting. And we talked about the comeback and how God is moving and He wants a comeback in each of our lives. Let me tell you, the greatest way to have a comeback is to dive into His Word. Let it take root. Let it grow every single day. Let it spring forth life in your heart. May this body fall more in love with the Word of God than we have ever been before. May this be a year that we go deep into his word that we apply it to our hearts not just that we actually live it out we live it out we understand all of this has to be done in the right season there's a preparation season there's a sowing season there's a harvest season we understand those seasons they're natural God gives us those natural times that we are able to dive in. I want you to know this. God's timing is perfect. It is perfect. And He'll bring rocks to the surface. Whether it's pressure from the earth as when we cultivate, 
And I I said it earlier, but I want to say it again. When those rocks appear, don't get angry. Be glad. Don't push them back down. Deal with them. Pull them up. Allow the supreme sower, Jesus Christ, God the Father, the supreme sower, to sow into your life today. Fall in love with God's Word. If you're not in it, if you're not reading it, I encourage you to read it, to dive into it, to allow it to begin to move in your life. If you've ever felt, I've tried Christ, I've tried this, the, the faith, I've tried uh, walking with Christ, and, and I've tried all of those things, many times the, the problem is, is our roots never have gone deep. They, they stay shallow because we haven't dealt with the rocks and the problems. Did you know that Christ saves? He does. It's awesome. He's power to save. But he also moves us through this journey of life to create in us a pure heart. Uh, wait a minute. A right spirit. Did you know that that's created when we live and read God's Word? To move to a place, to stay in a place. Another great word for that is sojourn. To, to sojourn. It's moving to a place. That we would move to a place where God is. Walk in it. Live in it. Church, that's the power of his word. Let me share with you the power of God's word. And, and, and we find it in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. In the New Living Translation, it says this For the word of God is alive and powerful, it is sharper than the, the sharpest two edged sword. It is sharper than the sharpest two edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts, and desires. I want to give you right now six incredibly powerful benefits from the Word of God. I want you to hear them. I want you to come now. Now, there are many more benefits to the Word. The Word brings so many things into our lives. These are just six powerful ones that I want you and I to really grab a hold of as we walk forward and abide in God's Word. Did you know the Word of God is powerful? It is alive and it speaks to you in every situation. Did you know that? Whatever you're walking through right now, whatever situation you are facing, right now his word has the answer his word is alive to help you in overcome every situation every difficult relationship every hardship in your life you will find the source in God's word the number one thing it's the greatest miracle that you and I could ever experience It comes through the power of the Word. Did you know that the Word has the power to save? The Word has the power. The living Word of God, Jesus became the Word, and the Word became flesh. All of a sudden, the living Word of God has the power to save you and I. 1 Peter 1.23 says, For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end, Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living Word of God. Jesus Christ, through Him, the living Word gives us the power to be saved. How many of you know that's the greatest miracle you and I could ever experience? 
There are many miracles that take place. There are none greater than a transformed heart, a heart that realizes its need and its desire for Jesus Christ. And when you and I receive that and understand that, it's the Word of God. It's, a, it's His Son who came to this earth. He lived it. He walked it. This Word, it became real. It, it became not just a story that we read. It was real. It was life. And His our salvation came by His Son dying on a cross for you and I. Through that process, through that process, you and I have harvested. We've experienced salvation. If you haven't, I want you to know that there is power to save for you today. Number two, the second thing that I want you to understand today is that the Word has power to heal, heal, heal. The Word has power to heal the sick. The Word has power to heal. There is power in the name of the Lord. There is power in the Word. I, I have so many times encountered people who have been ill and, and, and send them healing Scriptures and they just read them. They meditate on them. They abide in those. And the Word of God begins to speak life and the prayers of the people. I want you to know, it tells us in Psalm 107, verse 20, in the New Living Translation, it says this, He sent out his word and healed them. He sent out his word and healed them. Listen to this. Snatching them from the door of death. Did you know that his word brings life for you and I? It is awesome. It is powerful. It is an incredible avenue for you and I to be whole and to be healthy, to allow the word of God to be health to our bones, to allow His Word to penetrate our lives and to grow deeper. Third, I want you to see this. The Word brings deliverance. It delivers us from evil forces in the world. It, it, it not only drives out evil, but it heals those who were once bound by addiction, bound uh, by sin, bound by the things of this earth. All of a sudden the Word frees the chains and the bondages that you and I may have experienced. Come on, how many of you in here have experienced some deliverance by the Word? By the Word. It gives us wholeness. gives us help. Take a look at Matthew 8, 16. It says, When evening had come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. I'm reading from the King James Version here. It gives an incredible picture here. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Again, there's healing through the word of the Lord. There is deliverance for you and I in the word of the Lord. Number four, the word teaches us and brings holiness. The Word teaches us, if you find yourself in a place where you go, man, I really don't know a lot about the Lord. I don't really know about this walk. Could I encourage you to begin going deeper and begin to experience the Word of the Lord in your life? Watch what it will do as you apply the Word of God every single day, every single moment in your life that you would Abide. I don't want to get ahead of myself next week, but there's a powerful thing that takes place in our hearts and our lives when we meditate on the Word. When we allow to soak in it. When we hear a word and we think about it all week long, we, we begin to just begin to think about it and ponder it. Something begins to grow inside of us. John 17, 17 says, Make them holy by your truth. 
Teach them your word, which is truth. Literally, the word is fulfilling life. It brings a fulfilling life. It teaches us. It cleanses us. It delivers us. Listen to this. The word restores us daily. The word is life, and we need it daily. Would you say daily with me? Would you look at your neighbor right now and say, daily? Not once in a while. Not once every time there's a change in the moon. The moon changed, it's time. No, not every single week, not every single now and then. I believe the Word is powerful, and we need it in our lives daily. Daily to begin to soak it up. The Word teaches us. It brings holiness. When we read the Word, we understand. Did you know that it shines a light deep inside of us? Uh, I'm going to get to it in a moment, but the Holy Spirit is in the Word of the Lord. And when we read it, the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts. Have you ever been convicted when you read the Word? Have you ever been convicted when you heard someone preach the Word? And you go, man, I really need to deal with that. Boy, I, I really need to do that. Or, or, boy, I need to apply that Word to my life. When you're reading the Word, it gives the Lord opportunity to speak to your heart he begins to dive in and begins to show us some of those rocks some of those things that we need to set aside we need to cast off in the right place lay him at the foot of the cross we need to have those moments and if we never put ourselves in position to experience the lord if we never put ourselves in position to read the word if we never put ourselves in in position to worship together How many of you enjoyed worship this morning? Wasn't it incredible to be in the presence of the Lord? Colossians 3 tells us that we should dwell in the Word of the Lord and we should sing songs and we should celebrate together and we should see all of these things take place. All of a sudden we experience life when we follow the Word. and We allow it to penetrate our hearts and our lives. We need it daily. We need to be together worshiping with Him. Worshiping in this moment that we have is incredible. I love seeing our children's ministry grow and our church grow and our our student ministry grow. It's because we believe in the Word of the Lord and where the Word of the Lord is preached, did you know there is growth? There's growth in our hearts. There's growth in our lives. Listen, The greatest growth that this church could experience is the growth within the hearts of every single person here right now. Lord, may we go deeper. May we not forsake your word. May it become life to us today. Number five, God's word brings peace. If you are experiencing anxiety, if you are experiencing fear, if you are experiencing anything that would be against the Word of God, I want you to know that by pouring into the Word, by allowing the Word to soak in your heart and your life, the Word of God brings unspeakable joy and a deep supernatural peace to our hearts and our lives. Whether we're going through the fire, walking through difficulty, if there's a battle raging in our lives, in our homes, in our family, whatever it is that we may be experiencing, when we allow the Word of God to soak in our hearts, we dwell, we abide, we begin to see that take place. Guess what? Peace is the natural, it's the supernatural response to the Word when we allow it to penetrate our hearts and our lives. Listen to this powerful passage from Psalm The psalmist wrote 
in Psalm 119, verse 165, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Nothing. That's an incredible promise. That's an incredible promise for you and I. We will have great peace because we love His Word. And nothing can cause us to stumble. God's Word brings peace in the midst of disturbing circumstances. God brings peace in the midst of a world that is torn apart. God brings peace in a world that does not know Him. We know Him. And we have His peace. And it comes through the Word of God. It is our source. It is our, as a church, we believe it's our guidebook for living. Everything we do is based on the Word. I encourage you to live your life like that. Everything we do is based on the Word. Watch your life flourish. It will come alive. It will be powerful to experience His Word coming deep in our hearts. And then listen to this, number six. I said six powerful things that come from the Word of God. The Word brings the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10.44 says, While Peter was still speaking the Word, these words, the Holy Spirit, fell on all those who heard the Word. I want you to know that the Word of God is key and vital to the flow of the Holy Spirit. He moves and dwells. He is in the Word. The Holy Spirit dwells in the Word. So if you want more from God, I encourage you to dwell in the Word because that's where He is. Dwell with Him. Abide with Him. Stay in that place. Do not forsake it. Do not leave it. Dive into it like never before. He has a great promise for you and I. Just like He created this promise for His creation and the cycles of nature, it also applies to us for we are His creation as well. Listen to this. This is a great saying. Flowers grow back even after the harshest winter, so will you. So will you. The snow is all over the ground. Underneath it, things are happening. Things are taking place. Things that we cannot see right now. I see a snowy driveway. I see the need for a snow plow. I see the need for a snowblower, a shovel. I see all those things. And, and as I do that, I, I add to the snow on my lawn and we heap it up there. And right now, we can't see what's happening underneath that blanket of snow. But it's a beautiful thing. It's an incredible thing. And God wants you to know that even in the harshest winters that we could ever experience, in the springtime, all of a sudden, life begins to bloom again. I want you to know that no matter what you've gone through, no matter what darkness, what hurt, what pain, I want you to know through the Word of God, you will experience life again. You will experience a comeback. You will see God's hand move. He has not left you, even though you cannot see it, even though you cannot see Him working. He's working. He's moving. He's doing great and mighty things. All we have to do, and we're called, is to stay, is to abide, to begin to dwell in His Word and allow it to come forth in the proper time, in the proper season. You and I will experience life evermore. 
We'll experience the goodness of God in our lives. You may look out and say, man, it's winter. It is. The time of work will begin soon. The time of of weeding and feeding and raking and clearing, all of those things that will happen. And then there will be a season of harvest. I, I find it interesting that God many times moves in our lives the same way He does in nature. There are seasons in our lives. We have seasons where, where it might feel like the cold, dark winter. Do not leave him. Do not step aside. Do not leave. I, 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 I can't say this loud enough. Dive, in fact, the opposite. Dive deeper into the word of the Lord. Dive deeper into him and watch life begin to spring forth. Let the word of Christ dwell in you today richly. May the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You see, through the seasons of life, um, we kind of go through those moments that I just talked about. We see them here in front of us. You see that watering can down front? That watering can is something very necessary in the process. We have to allow the water onto the soil. If if there's no water, there's no life. If there's no water, it becomes dry and arid. It becomes hard. We can break it up. We can do all of those things. I, I have a rake here. That's my rake. And I just want you for the record to see it is very used. This is breaking off. It might be time for a new one. I've had this for years. Raked many lawns, many garden beds, many things with it. Every year we put it to use and get some more things happening. And, and, and this one really kind of dives deep. It's a, a, an incredible rake that can really do some work in the soil. And then I have to plant the seed and I have to allow the things to take place. But we've got to continually water it. Church, listen, if you fail to continually water your heart with the Word of God, see, that's what softens it. That's what allows it to be pliable. That really brings growth to the seed that is in the soil. It causes it to become soft. It dies and then it germinates. It cracks open. We've got to allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to water our lives. He is in the Word. We've got to abide. We've got to stay there. We've got to dive in to Him today and experience the fullness of life that only comes by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is in the Word of God. It is alive. It is active. It is moving. It cuts. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides joint and marrow. Lord, divide in our hearts. Cut those areas out so that we might be more like you. There's nobody in the room today who is quite there. Maybe a few of you are pretty close. But we're just not there when it comes to being exactly like Jesus yet. This earth is a journey, and we're striving to be more like Him. And when we allow the Word of God to penetrate our hearts, and we allow the the Holy Spirit to water that seed, all of a sudden, life begins to take root. And my heart and my prayer for you today is whatever you're walking through, whatever you're going through, whatever life situations are upon you, that you would dive today deeper into 
the word of the Lord. As we close our service today, we're going to partake of a moment where we're going to allow the Lord to soak in our hearts and our lives. And we are going to together partake of communion. In this moment, I would invite you to take your elements out that you would begin to prepare those. Just hold them in your hand right now as the, the band comes and they're preparing now. Uh, I just want you to experience the fullness of the Lord today as we partake of communion. If you have those, they've kind of been pre, pre-ready for you. Just hold on to them for a second before we partake together. In fact, you might want to Just kind of hold them and not even open them quite yet. I want you to see this uh, next slide as we prepare our hearts for this communion moment and the word of the Lord to abide in our hearts and our lives. The Lord's Supper represents the greatest expression of God's love for His people. In fact, there are two elements that we're about to partake of in this moment of communion. The first is the bread. The bread represents Jesus' body that was broken before and during His crucifixion. The cup represents His shed blood for you and I today. I want you to know that when Jesus walked this earth, He was vibrant. His body was was full of life and health. He was never sick. But before Jesus went to the cross, you and I know that He was badly beaten and bruised by the Roman soldiers. They, They hurt His physical body. They put lashes upon Him. His body was torn as He was hanging there on, a, on the cross. At the cross, God also took our sickness and disease and He put them on Jesus. He put them on His body that had been perfect and so incredible to walk this life like He did and show us the way. In this moment, I want you to understand That at the cross, Jesus took all of our sickness and disease. He took everything. And that means something for you and I. Luke 22, 20, Jesus tells us that the cup is the new covenant in his blood. And the Apostle Paul tells us that the blood of Jesus brings forgiveness of sins. Church, listen to me today as we partake in the next moment of this moment of communion, as we've heard the word of the Lord to abide in Him, listen to this. We have healing and we have forgiveness. Church, you have healing and you have forgiveness. It is found in the broken body, in the shed blood of Jesus, Besides being born again in Christ, a healthy body and a mind are one of the greatest blessings that you and I could ever have. And through communion, listen to this, God has ordained a channel for you and I to experience healing and wholeness. On the night Jesus was betrayed, Jesus ate his last supper with his disciples. 
And knowing what he would accomplish through his sacrifice, he instituted the Holy Communion with them. Look at what took place in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says this, and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it, this bread, in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Verse 26, For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Church, he is coming again. He is coming again. And until that day, come on, yes, He is coming again. He is coming again. Until that day, you and I have hope. You and I have forgiveness. You and I have healing that we can experience. And it's born out of the Word of God. It is life to our bones. It is hope to our spirit. It is when we are downcast and trodden. It lifts us up. It makes us aware and cleans our, purifies our hearts. His instruction is that we are to remember Him as we partake of communion. Jesus wanted us to understand that his body was broken for our wholeness and his blood was shed for our forgiveness. And whenever we partake of this, we are proclaiming the Lord. Listen, today, as we partake of this bread and this cup, declaring in this moment Jesus' health upon our bodies. How many of you in the room need his health upon your body. In this moment, I pray that you will experience his health upon your body. And we partake of the cup. We are declaring that we are forgiven. Come on, anybody rejoice that we are forgiven today? We are forgiven by the power of his shed blood. And if we are not through his blood, we can find forgiveness. We find it in him today. It is a powerful, powerful thing. Through his blood, we are made righteous. Jesus' blood gives us right standing before the Lord, and we can go boldly into his presence now and forevermore. All across this room, would you stand to your feet with me? Would you take this element in your hand? Would you just begin to open it up? Worship team, you can prepare. We're going to just worship the Lord together. After we take this cup, we're going to spend a moment in His presence, and we're going to worship Him like Colossians 3 tells us to do. But first, we're going to allow His healing to pour over our hearts and our lives. If you're watching at home right now, I, I hope that you have or have prepared, grab something there, a, a cracker, a juice, something to just kind of walk through this moment with us. And as we do this, we're going to allow His healing to flow in our hearts and in our lives. We're going to allow His forgiveness to pour over us. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, right now all you have to do is call upon His name and He will touch you. He will come. The Bible says He will save you in this moment. That's what He will do. All across this room today, if you need Jesus to touch your physical body, if you need Jesus 
to restore, maybe forgive, to cleanse, to purify your heart. In this moment, I want you to know that you can receive that very thing in the name of Jesus. In fact, if you have a need today, would you just declare it before the Lord? If you need him to heal you, would you just slip your hand to him right now? As I pray over these elements, I'm going to pray for you. If you want to receive healing in your body, life to your bones, experience healing right now. If you need his forgiveness in your life, you can join all of these who have their hands raised. You can say, Lord, take my life, take my heart, cleanse me. Lord, I pray right now over every single person in this room. God, those who have their hands raised, I pray you do a mighty work in their lives. God, I pray you do a touch in them. God, I pray that they would learn to abide in you and let your word be healed healing to them. Lord, your word says that it was your broken body that was broken at Calvary that brings us healing. Lord, in this moment, as we partake of this communion, I pray your healing would flow. God, I pray that you will touch these physical bodies, our mortality. Lord, I pray that you will touch us and deliver us from this illness, sickness, and disease. Lord, even snatching us from the bed of death, your word has that kind of life. And Lord, I pray that you would spring forth life in those who are seeking you. God, I pray that you would be, they would be born of the Spirit today as they turn their hearts towards you. God, I pray your blessing upon this bread. I pray your blessing upon this cup in the name, in the awesome, mighty name of Jesus. Let's partake together, church, of both the bread and the cup.
Man, was that not a beautiful word today? Let's give the word of God a hand clap. Come on. Give the word a hand clap. We have been challenged to dwell, and that's what we will do. We will dwell, and we will be prepared for the rock removal in the process. Amen. I would encourage you today, even if you're online, if you made a decision for Christ today, please contact us. Let us know that you have made the greatest decision in your life. We would like to be a support to you. If you're in the house today and you made a decision to make it, Christ your Lord and Savior, we would love to know and we would love to take the next steps with you. But until then, next week we're going to be same place, same time, and we're going to be seeking the face of Jesus, and we are excited to be back with you. Everybody repeat after me. Say a further reach and a deeper walk. Let's go give this world some hope. God bless you today, okay? Come on.